From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I'm excited for this one. It was day two of joint practices between the 49ers and the Vikings. We're going to be getting all into that. And of course, because it's Thursday, it means it's live Q&A. So if you have questions, I'm willing to get into all those so you can populate chat all throughout the show. I also have some clips as well that will cut up from some of the things that happened today and some uh, interesting comments coming from both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, which I look forward to getting into. And all the while, we have young players stepping up again because joint practices against the Vikings mean you have guys going out there and competing against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, two of the best in the business. That's great work for these young guys. So yeah, we don't have Charvarius Ward. We don't have Emmanuel Mosley. But what we have is tremendous reps for the guys that are going to be playing. So I'm super excited about this episode. And what's up, Shooter? How's it going? What's up, Marvin? What's up, Traffic? Hope you guys are all having a good day. Um, this is going to be a good one. I've already been enjoying everything that I've been consuming as far as 49ers. been reading all the articles, watching the press conferences. Uh, I'm just excited about 49ers football, and we're working uh, ever so closely to getting to that game. I mean, here it comes. That Minnesota one's going to be it's going to be interesting because there's not going to be very many starters. But I think it's going to be really fun because we're going to get to see a lot of young players step up and make an impact. And I'm really excited about that. And of course, you know, we have content that's been coming out along the way uh, over on Patreon. And I'll put it for channel members here in a little bit. But over on Patreon, slightly offsides with me and Horse just, you know, went live earlier today. That'll be up for channel members later on tonight. Make sure to get that out. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow you'll get an episode of Big Yikes if you're over on Patreon uh, season two of Big Yikes will be underway. We have a guest host for this one. So I hope everyone enjoys the extra content that's going to be coming. But uh, I do want to make sure we we stick around with what's going on here all all the while, guys. If you haven't had the opportunity to go ahead and uh, like the video, do that, please. That would be great. That really helps me out a lot. That helps the channel. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, click that notification bell so you can be here right when the episode starts. Really appreciate all that. Now, Blur says, I heard Adam T., and the Vikings did not like Niners' physicality. What transpired? Yeah, so basically what happened was the 49ers' defense started getting after people. They started hitting them really hard, taking them to the ground, which, of course, offenses don't like right now, especially in practice. They want to be able to stay healthy. Adam Thielen got hit pretty good by Dre Greenlaw, did not like it. They had some words. Uh, it started to look like a little bit of a squirmish was going to start. But it did not happen. You know, cooler heads prevailed. Each team got involved, kind of pulled everyone apart and ended up being nothing more than words. But they had full on 11 on 11. You know, they're getting after it. There's a lot of scrimmage going on today. And when that happens, uh, animosities, uh, tensions go up. And these guys started playing really hard. And the 49ers defense is, is built on aggressiveness and getting after it. And that's what they were doing to the Vikings. And that's what you want to do on defense and pose will. And Receivers don't like getting hit over the middle, so I kind of expected the chippiness a little bit. I think a lot of teams are going to get chippy with this 49ers defense because they're absolutely stacked top to bottom, and there's no weaknesses. They come after you consistently. Um, just imagine when we get Emmanuel Mosley and Charvarius Ward back out there and Jimmy Ward. This defense is going to be tremendously stout. 
going to be hard to move the ball, and I think that's going to frustrate a lot of people. What's up? How's it going, uh, Brad Jones? Uh, Brad Jones in chat. Always good to have Brad here. So, yeah, so like I said, it's Q&A, but also we're going to also go through some of the things that happen. And one thing that happens today is a guy that I've been high on, and if you're pretty frequent to the, the channel, which everyone in chat right now is, I've talked a lot about Quantrez Knight. You know, when we broke down the undrafted free agents that the Niners signed, Quantrez Knight and Taylor Hawkins were two guys that became star players for me. I really like them. I like their abilities. And Quantrez Knight is now getting more opportunity. Uh, Quantrez Knight is getting opportunities because Darquez Denard's gone, because Dante Johnson is hurt. And I think those are, are good situations for the Niners, getting these young guys reps. And Kyle Shanahan said that yesterday, that part of the reason that they let Denard go was to get the young guys these reps. And uh, we, had a, we had some cool comments from D'Amico Ryans, which we're going to get into, where he's talking about Quantrez Knight and just uh, what he feels Contrez Knight is and uh, and could be. And and this is one reason I'm excited to watch him against Minnesota. Yeah. No, Q Knight, he's uh, he's done a great job. And it was fun to see for him uh, these past two days versus these guys. We had to move him around a lot because of, you know, injuries in our back end. So he's done a great job of just being a smart player who can move around, play multiple positions. And being a guy you can count on. And it was fun to see him make a few plays for us. And he definitely brings some energy to our defense. He's always going to make at least one or two plays a day that sparks the energy for the defense. So it's fun to see Q Knight making plays. Uh, he's playing He's playing nickel. He's playing nickel. And we had him play a little safety today as well. So D'Amico Ryan's, you know, talking about Q Knight, as he referred to him, or Quantrez Knight, yeah, Knight is one of those guys that has the ability to play nickel. And then you heard from what D'Amico Ryan said, he has the ability to play safety as well, and they're kind of playing around with that. Um, that's nice. Yeah, he's a, He also referred to him as a thick player. So he's a guy that can help in the run game. So that's exciting. It's exciting to see a young player, an undrafted free agent, you know, that's going to come up there and make plays. And, you know, Quantrez Knight had an interception today at practices. I actually saw the interception. I was able to catch a glimpse of it through video. And it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was a ball that was a little bit overthrown, but he's in the right space at the right time. That's what you want. That's the one of the things I like the most about him, how instinctive he was. Uh, he's very instinctual. He can fly around and make plays. What's up, David Campbell? What's up, Robert? How's it going? Um, I'll get to some of these questions in one second. But I think Q Knight's one of those guys that's exciting. And I'll, I'll go into a little bit what Fred Warner said later, but I want to get into some of these questions because Warner had some comments on Quetrez Knight uh, later on. But I thought it was even more telling because he's talking about intelligence. So we'll get to that one in a second. But Shooter says, been seeing Bosa destroying Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Yeah, there's a three-play stretch um, where Bosa just absolutely disrupts every single play they try to run. He He's just way too good off the edge. And he, he was going against Darisol. Uh, Darisol's pretty good. Um, but he he's definitely nice. So he's getting after it. So... Um, I like what Bosa is doing. I also saw other players as one where Talano Hufanga blitzes off the edge and he's getting to the quarterback at the same time. Another one where Samson Ebucom's getting there. So it's exciting. I'm, it's really exciting to see this defensive line. And I think Bosa's actually better if that's possible. Bosa, this is the best version of Bosa we've seen so far. He's going to be fantastic. And and uh, what's up, Golden Dragon? Welcome to chat. So I think that that's you know, something to continue to watch, but it's been fun to watch Bosa dominate. We're probably going to have to wait till Chicago to see him actually dominate another team again. 
Um, but he he's definitely ready. He's primed and ready to go. Robert says, hey, Ant, do you think we'll have the best D in the West? Yeah, I, I actually think we're going to end up having the best defense in the entire league. I think once they get Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and Jimmy Ward back, I think the question marks were nickel. I mean, we still might have a little bit there because we're going to probably be starting a young player in Sam Womack. Uh, one, if Womack can do really well in the run fits and he's able to help stop the run because like D'Amico said, that nickel corner is like having a linebacker on the field. He's a guy that's got to, you know, got to be able to stop the run, but also be able to cover. And that's a tough fix. You know, it's a tough, um, you know, kind of split on how you get these guys in the right situation. So I think that that's what they're hoping. I think there's a little bit of play there, um, but I think the four years are going to have some freedom the way Kyle Shanahan talked about using safeties in that role. I think that I could use safeties in that role on early down. So if somebody goes, you know, to a three wide receiver set, you need to put a nickel package, a sub package in there. Uh, you could go with one of these other guys. You could put a safety like Tarverius Moore, Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, I'm sorry, Tarverius Moore or uh, Jimmy Ward or one of them at the nickel corner spot for early downs to help stop the run. And then when it gets to a pass set, if you're staying in nickel, you can bring Womack in, go back to the more uh, two safety look instead of a three safety look that you would be going in early downs to stop the run. Uh, and then he could cover, you know, and if it's dime, well, then that makes it easy. So I think the 49ers are figuring out these sub packages and they're going to be able to put these guys in the best scenarios for them. And one of those could be running three safety looks and getting Hufanga or Jimmy Ward and probably Jimmy Ward into that nickel position. But you're going to have to wait a little bit of time on that. That's probably their, uh, they're working with Quantrez Knight. And of course, we know Dante Johnson can fill that role too. So it's just a little bit of a, a look at what the 49ers, I think, are planning in the secondary gonna be fun but it's all about maximizing uh your, your player skill sets and i think that's what they're gonna try to do and i'm i'm really enjoying it and blur says how's kinlaw holding up he's holding up fantastic that's the good thing kinlaw has been doing very well he's finally healthy this is the first time it's not hard for him to get through practice he's enjoying himself now he's knocking the rust off he's working on technique you know i mean D'Amico ryan's goes by him every single day and says technique 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 He's trying to get him to do the things that he needs to do and handle business. Uh, he's going to be a problem. I mean, that's it. If 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 Javon Kinlaw is healthy, he's going to be an absolute problem for this entire league. And that's good for the 49ers because all I was expecting from him was early down success, helping Eric Armstead stop the run, keeping these uh, offensive linemen off of this linebacker group. And now it looks like he's going to be able to do more than that. He's in the best shape of his life. He came in lighter. He came in more agile. Uh, and this is good news for the 49ers, and it could be bad news for everyone else. So uh, Javon Kinlaw's put in the work, and I'm hoping we're primed to see a Kinlaw that just absolutely sh you know shines and blows up onto the scene. That would be really good. Um, that would that would be what they need after losing DJ Jones, and I think they know that. I think they know that they're going to get something good out of Kinlaw. Brad Jones says, "Why did I go back to Key and Peel sketch saying uh, D nice when uh, D'Amico said D night?" And my mind is weird. I think that's normal. There's those things that trigger. Um, and, and I like that it was key and peel. Anything funny is always fun. So uh, th that's a nice click back for sure. Uh, David Campbell said, just got done watching the Lately Slightly Offsides. Great episode. Thanks so much, David. Uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed filming that one. Horse was on point. Um, horse is always fun to record with. And we had a great time doing it. It, it was exciting. And um, yeah, I think Slightly Offsides is, is, an, is a show that a lot of people don't know about, but if you're over on Patreon, Slightly Offsides is a, is a great find. Um, Horse is, you know, he, he's one of the fun ones. And if you like to have fun and laugh, it's it's always a good time. And he's also very knowledgeable. He's coached for 
a lot of years. I coach with them, so um, we've worked together in the past. So it, it's fun. It's definitely fun. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, David. And Horst is one of the real ones. He really is. He's fun to he's fun to have fun with. He doesn't take life too serious. Uh, so it it makes the episodes a little bit different, and uh, that's why I enjoy it. Robert says, "Saw PFF say Rams will have the best D this year. I would think that they would be worse than last year." I think a lot of times PFF and a lot of these you know groups, uh, they look at the star power. I mean, you go Aaron Donald, um, you 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 look at the guys that they got in the secondary. They're they got pretty good players. You know, what I mean, anytime you add an All Pro at the linebacker position, you got to think the defense is going to be improved. The problem is they lost key guys like Von Miller. They lost safety help with Eric Weddle. I mean, they needed Weddle to get over the hump in the playoffs. So I do think you're right. I think they're going to take a step back, you know, and I, they added some good players. They really did. They have one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league, if not the best cornerback in the league with Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, I mean, I, I still think in totality, 11 guys on the field at one time, uh, the 49ers have a better defense overall than the Rams. And so I get why people say that. I'm just I don't, I'm not in the same boat as them. I, I look at it. I see a lot of talented players on the 49ers that maybe don't get the love, you know, that some of the big names like Aaron Donald do. But I think they're going to go out there and prove it. David Campbell says, "Did you see the clip of Kinlaw walking off the field with his shirt off?" And damn, yeah, he is in tremendous shape. I mean, the guy is absolutely chiseled. He's he's different. I mean, he really is. I mean, you see Bosa's legs are fan, I mean, fantastically huge. I mean, his his quads are crazy, and Kinlaw's in that category. Kinlaw puts in the work. You look at his body, and he absolutely puts in the work. He's going to put in the work as well in his technique. Now that he's healthy, he's going to get after it. I'm telling you, Kinlaw is going to be an exciting player. I think everyone should be happy about Javon Kinlaw. Um, and I finally, hopefully healthy. I'm, I'm really praying. I'm really hoping that Javon Kinlaw is going to be healthy because I want to see him succeed. I really do. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I think he wants that more than anything, and and I want that for him as well. Mike Kenny says, is the 49er O-line being pushed back on an individual uh, b- basis, or is it lack of integration? Uh, can they identify a weak link, uh, or can you identify a weak link? I think that the offensive line a lot of times is being graded out by you know what they do in individual drills. And, I mean, individual drills are really tough um, in a, in, for a, a variety of different reasons, but in positions as, as well. You know, I mean, if you get one-on-one situations, those could be difficult. I mean, they've been lining up Daniil Hunter, um, you know, and Jadarius uh, Jadari Smith against the interior offensive line of Aaron Banks, you know, and Spencer Burford. And that's not easy, especially in one-on-one. So I think in a totality of them together, um, they're a better together group than they are individually. But right now, they're definitely working to get their footing. And a lot of that is working together. Now, I saw some really good clips of Burford uh, and Brendel working on picking up stunts uh from the defensive line i thought they looked smooth and clean um we've seen some of those from green in the green bay game as well so i think they're still working together but i think it's more about getting chemistry uh getting comfortable playing with each other and there had been a lot of changeover with the center position i think uh brendel is still a question mark let's see how that happens but i'm comfortable with banks i'm getting more and more comfortable with burford every single day i just wish that they were getting more reps with mike mcglinchey and with trent williams uh, McGlinchey because of the injury, but Williams just doesn't play, practice a whole lot. I mean, for good reason. They're trying to keep him healthy. But I think the the longer this goes on and the more camaraderie and chemistry they get together, the better the offensive line overall is going to play together. So uh, it's just it's been a process. They're really putting a bunch of different pieces together. Now, there was something interesting, and I wanted to play this before we move on, is 
we always talk about one-on-ones on this channel. That's one of the things we talk about is the value of one-on-ones. And since Mike, you know, we we're talking about that, I brought it up a little bit. Is Brendan Ayuk had a little, a little bit of a, a thought process on one-on-ones and what they mean and how important one-on-ones are compared to 11 on 11. Let's listen to him talk about that right now. Because you know the ball's coming in no matter what on the one-on-ones. Yeah, one-on-ones a little bit different yeah. just because, especially going against them, they were, they were uh, playing like nine, seven, nine yards off, off coverage of one-on-one, so we're not used to that at all. You know, our guys come up and only press coverage, hands on hard press guys, so it was a little different doing that, but the team stuff especially just, um, you can't, you gotta, you can't, Switch up your route. Quarterback, there's no rush. There's nobody in his face. So you can kind of cheat it a little bit. It favors a receiver, but in team drill, you guys got to be on the same page. It's pretty much two on one. Um, and you guys got to click to complete the pass. So it's a little bit different in team. So we like those team, the team reps a little bit more. I thought that was great insight from Brandon Ayuk as he's, you know, going through the process. He's talking about, um, you know, what is, what's up with the, uh, one-on-ones compared to 11-on-11s and the fact you need to get that chemistry with the quarterback. And I, I thought that was really good things that he was saying. Um, and, and you know, Brad Jones says, if I have learned anything from you boys over the past year, it's never worry about O-line, one-on-one drills. That's something, yeah, as an O-line coach, I never worried about one-on-one drills. I worried more about when you got the teams together. And I think Brent and I talking about being able to use extra moves, uh, do different things in one-on-ones. Uh, that's that's one thing that does happen. And, you know, when you get into a game situation, you're not allowed to do that. The quarterback's expecting you to be in a certain position at a certain time, and you need to be there. Um, so I think that that's one thing that the 49ers are proving right now, especially in Kyle Shanahan's system, is make sure you are there when you're supposed to be there. That's very important for this team. Uh, and Brian Ayuk understands that. And I think that's a good thing. That's a really good thing that he understands that. But I thought that was some nice insight coming from a player you know, that's going into his third year. He's definitely developing. And he had some comments about playing fast. And he said the 49ers have been telling him since he got there, play fast and everything else will figure out. He'll figure everything out else on the fly. And then he said he played slow and it didn't work out for him. So, yeah, I think so. Um, let's see. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any of these. Uh, Ronnie Montoya says, they say Trey Sermon has has seen holding his ankles, everything all good. I haven't heard anything on Trey Sermon as of right now. I'll continue to monitor and see what's up. Uh, what's up, David Villa? Welcome to the chat. Um, I don't know. So I, I did not hear that yet, but uh, Ronnie bringing some, you know, some information there. Um, hopefully he's all good because I'd love to see him, you know, play in the game. Uh, I do not want to see injuries. I want to see these guys all go out there and prove it. I think we have a really talented running back room, and i like to see them go out there and compete. Uh, traffic says 49 is also a lot more deep than the Rams. Yeah, very much so. Uh, very much so. Um, Blur says our receivers were running past Vikings starting corners. Was that real or was the Vikings holding back with it uh, being practiced? I think it's real. You know, I mean, the Vikings attack uh, attack their coverage uh, game a little bit different. I think someone put that in chat as well. Uh, Golden Dragon said seven or nine yards off the wide receivers on one-on-ones. Um, yeah, they play an off system. I mean, that's what they do there. Uh, they run a 3-4 defense. They're playing off from the cornerback's position and giving them you know, the ability to read and then and come up and make plays. There's different ways to approach defense, and that's there's a, their approach. Uh, you can make quarterbacks in this league be consistent and beat you. It's not, it's not um, you know, an unproven thing. You go ahead and you let them complete pass underneath. You rally and make tackles, and you just think that these guys can't continue to march down the field consistently and get it done. So I think that's a tried and true method. Some, some defenses really like that. 
Uh, Ed Donatello's in, you know, he's running that style of defense in Minnesota. So I think it's it's one of those things where they, they're hoping they're going to be able to hold people off uh, long enough for this pass rush to get home. And they spent money to get Zedarius Smith in to help with Daniel Hunter. And they're going to be they're going to be a problem. It was good work for the 49ers offensive line this week. Uh, that's good news. I mean, anytime you go against a different scheme, number one, that helps you with the run blocking, but also the pass blocking as well. So I think it's uh it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be beneficial to them to have these practices. It's one of the things that I, I'm really, really enjoying. Brad Jones says, if I have learned anything, oh, okay, I read that one earlier. I got I got caught up in that one. Mike Kenny says our defense has D'Amico, secret weapon of the of the at least another year. D'Amico's fantastic. I mean, I don't think there's a a possibility that he doesn't end up being a head coach next year. I mean, the guy is just He's he's well thought, you know, well thought out. His processes are fantastic. I think D'Amico Ryan's is a, a rising star in the NFL. And I mean, that's the only reason I thought that last year uh, or this offseason it was more um possible for Mike McDaniel to get a job. It's just the way the league looks at offensive coordinators compared to defensive coordinators. And it's unfortunate because I think uh D'Amico Ryan's could be one of the real tremendous leaders. I mean, he's got those characteristics. Uh, I think people want to follow him, but he's also so smart. I'm looking forward to seeing how he calls defense this year. I thought last year he had moments where he got a little bit exposed with personnel groupings and how he had guys out there, but how quickly he recovered from those fought on. And he's been very, um, you know, understanding about those points and he comes through really well. I think D'Amico Ryans is a superstar in this league. I'm excited about him this year manning this defense. And he's got all the tools to have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the entire league. That's saying something. Bowling Dragons says, I'm expecting cover two from our defense. Going to be super dominant this upcoming season. I don't know how much cover two we're going to see. I think we'll see some cover two. I think we're going to see a lot of different sets. But, I mean, the way they went out and got Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, those guys can run press man. So I don't think you need to run cover two. I think there's going to be a mixture of a, a variety of different coverages, but I don't think it's going to be set in there. I think you'll see two at times, but um, I think it's going to be a bunch of things. And I think a lot of times the 49ers are going to want to man up let this defensive line get after you, and that's exciting. And when you have a defensive line and a front seven that can absolutely close games down, um, that's what you want. And if Ward and Mosley are up to the task, you let them go do it. We know Jimmy Ward can do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited about this group overall. But cover two, uh, they'll probably run some. I just don't know how much. Uh, Fortnite Faithful Forever said, card scooped Hockett bums. <laughs> well, I guess Josh Hockett won't be on the 49ers. That's interesting. It means the 49ers have... Go an open position for fullback. I'm sure they'll try to uh, keep an open mind on who's available out there. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but that I did not know that happened. So that's that's news to me. I mean, good for Josh Hockett. You know, maybe he'll get the opportunity to go ahead and play there. I haven't seen the the cards use too many fullbacks so far, but maybe they will. Um, Blur says, "What running backs make the 53?" Um, you know at I mean, I don't know. Earlier, you, the report of Trey Sermon potentially being hurt coming from Robbie, uh, Robert Montoya, or Ronnie Montoya, I'm sorry, um, makes me think if Sermon is hurt, that would hurt his chances of making the team. Um, but let's ignore that injury for this. Yeah, that's what uh, 49ers Faithful is saying. Sermon left with an ankle injury getting an MRI. If Trey Sermon is not ready to go and he's going to be out for a significant amount of time, then I believe... Uh, you're probably going to, you know, it's probably going to be a lot clearer and a lot easier. TDP will for sure make this team. I think he's a lock to go with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. So then the question marks become, our question is, is it Jordan Mason or is it Jamichael Hasty? 
I think it would be Jamichael Hasty. They'd use him as a third down back, and then Jordan Mason would be on the practice squad uh, if he made it there. You know, and you run the risk of him not being able to make it there. And chat has lit up uh, with Poe at fullback from Freddie and David. Um, that's that's a possibility. I think they like Poe at guard. I don't know how much work they actually want to put into him playing fullback. I think if he was on the practice squad, they might be willing to, uh, you know, potentially use him in some of those settings, especially when they're running scout offense to get work for the, the defense. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they really want to go through a position change because he's actually doing pretty good. You know, that's the thing. I mean, he's really developed a lot during training camp, and I think he just gets better and better every single day, which is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, and, and and that's the thing right here. I mean, um, Mike Kenny says, I think Poe makes 53 as a hybrid offensive guard halfback. It may be. I, I don't know. I haven't had him making this roster. I haven't had him on the 53. Um, I think anytime you add versatility, being able to play a fullback slash guard role, it would give you a better opportunity. I think they want to see what he can do at guard. You know, and sometimes taking him and playing him at a different position could do him a disservice. We'll see if they do that. I think it's more likely, like I said, if he gets on the practice squad uh, for that to happen. But you never know. I, I don't, I don't want to say never because you just never know what's going through Kyle Shanahan's mind. I think we do know that if this was Jim Harbaugh, that would absolutely happen. Jim Harbaugh would have definitely moved him uh, to another position, and uh, I think that would have been uh, pretty fun. you know. And this offense is going to be pretty exciting this year. I'm very excited about the offense. And one reason I'm excited about the offense is, you know, we got Debo and Brandon. And we heard from Brandon earlier, but everyone's been talking about Debo Samuel and his chemistry with Trey Lance. And Debo had some comments on that. Uh, and I wanted everyone to be able to hear what Debo had to say about his chemistry of working with Trey Lance and how it's going. Uh, it is. Um, and it, it knew, you know, kind of like the first week, I really wasn't out there that much. So um, we kind of knew it was going to take time because this summer they were storming a lot and I wasn't able to go out there with those guys. But it's just good to see the chemistry building up and we're just getting better as a whole on offense. I mean, um, ever since we've... We've been we've been throwing and stuff. You see Trey getting better every day, so um, we've never taken a step backwards. Um, I think he's doing a real good job, and Kyle doing a good job of coaching him up um, as far as where the ball need to go and just being the quarterback that we need him to be. I mean, that's it, right? They just got to keep working together. He can't, you know, he couldn't go uh, work with him during the off season. You know, he's in the midst of his uh, negotiation, so that wasn't a possibility. But they're getting on that right now. And thanks so much to Sherry Robertson for. The Super Chat, the 1999 Super Chat. I see you wearing my favorite cutback shirt, 40 Freaking Niners. Yeah, I'm wearing the 40 Freaking Niners shirt, which you can get over at 49ersCutbackShop.com. Uh, so thank you so much, Sherry Robertson. I really appreciate that. Um, and there's, you know, the, the hat did go up, the hat that I've been wearing um, on some of the episodes that everyone was requesting. It is up on the store, and there's more things to come here in the future. So uh, thanks to everyone. And David also says, that's my favorite shirt too, Sherry. And in fact, uh, David Ward, I believe was at the Grand Canyon and, and sent over a picture of that. Uh, that was fantastic. So yeah, we got some good stuff over there. Uh, thank you everyone that's bought merch over the, you know, the time period that we've had a store. Uh, we really appreciate that. It go, it does help the channel out a lot as we continue to upgrade and things like that. So thank you guys so much for everything that you do. And thanks so much, Sherry, for the, the 1999 Super Chat. I really do appreciate that. And Debo Samuel's comments uh, make me feel a lot better. And this is something that I saw pretty consistently from Debo Samuel and from uh, Trey Lance is they continue to get a little bit more chemistry and a little bit more chemistry with every single rep. And I think it's just a matter of time before it's full-fledged go. Uh, the other part that I really liked about Debo's comments were how hard it's going to be 
you know, for somebody to a defense to prepare for those off schedule plays, you know, and that was one of the big plays that came out of day one was you got uh, uh, Trey Lance rolling to the right and throwing across his body to the middle of the field and hitting Debo Samuel. Uh, it's fantastic. And those are the kind of plays we're going to get. And like Debo said, that's going to be really tough to be able to, you know, prepare for. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about those possibilities and I'm excited about that relationship continuing to develop. I think Brandon Ayuk and his attitude and the way he's approaching boys for a big season, I think Debo is just going to continue. I know everyone sees, you know, the relationship between Trey and Brandon um, being something that they believe Brandon's going to have a huge uptake and you're going to see Debo's numbers go down. But I think the way Kyle Shanahan schemes up offense and the way that Trey Lance from his comments yesterday, where he talked about, he takes advantage of what the defense is giving him. Uh, really looks, you know, really looks at just getting the ball to who Kyle Shanahan wants him to get at the ball to. So I think the opportunities are going to be there for Debo or George Kittle, you know, and for Brandon Ayuk. And for the last two days, we've heard Debo Samuel and George Kittle talk about their relationship with Debo Samuel and how it keeps getting better. So I'm really, really excited about this group and this offensive uh, package because I think there's going to be a lot of fun things that come along with it. Now, Mike Kenny says, we often used offensive guards as blocking backs in the single wing. We're getting close to a, a wing with Trey as part-time tailback and RPO. RPO is definitely within the offense. I've seen it at training camp. Uh, they were using RPO a lot, and Trey was actually executing it very well because those linebackers were having to fly up to help stop that run. And when they did, he he went ahead and whipped it, and he, he was hitting these guys in stride. Now, of course, yesterday the comments were that he missed um, a little bit of Debo Samuel, you know, and, and missed a play on that, but they're going to get it. You know I mean? That's the thing. They're going to get it. So um, I think that it's just a matter of time before these guys get all the chemistry. They're going to go ahead and they're going to take care of getting, you know, these guys in and out, in and off the field. Um, so I'm very excited about all of that. Sorry about that. Playing defense again, but we're back and, and ready to go. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we, we just have to play defense on this channel. I think it's just, it's really fun uh, for these for these bots to come after us, but it's cool. We're getting it. Thanks so, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, taking a quick break with us. But, um, yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited about a <laughs> quick defense needed ant. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, they come at you, they come in waves, and we got to go ahead and, and play defense for a second. But uh, we're on it, so I really do excite. And what's up, Siggy? Uh, welcome to chat. But yeah, I mean, I think that the defense uh, is going to play well this year. I think the offense is going to play well, you know, and, and some of the things that the, some of the reasons that these teams are going to be so good offensively and defensively is because of the leadership, but also how smart these players are. Uh, this front office has been continually going out and getting players that are smart, that they can count on. Um, and and how do you know somebody is smart? You know, I mean, I think that's one thing. How do you know somebody's football smart? Is, is a good question. You know, we've been bringing up this for a while that people are football smart, that they go get players. Well, Fred Warner is talking about Quantrez Knight here, but he gives a really good definition of how he knows Quantrez Knight is smart. I, when, a, when, a, when a player goes out there and he's communicating with confidence, you know, with conviction, you can, it's, it's a difference between going out there, you might say something, but when you're not sure, you're not going to be as vocal. You're not going to be as loud or, or you know, you're not going to say it with conviction. And he's out there, he's saying things, and he's meaning it. You know what I mean? He, he knows what, what he's doing, and he knows the defense. Um, and so I know that he, like, he's a football guy. He, he knows what he's doing and um, retains information really well. 
I love how he talks about it. I really do. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, talking about it's with conviction. You know, when you're saying something with conviction, you know that they have an understanding of what they're what they're looking at and what they're saying. And I, I think that that is really fantastic coming from you know, Fred Warner. He's so smart. He understands his defense better than anyone else. So anytime that he starts talking like that, I'm always paying attention to what he says. It's going to give us really good insight. Uh, so I'm excited about it. And, you know, uh, Traffic is saying, loving these sound bites. I'm glad you're loving it, Traffic. I've been enjoying finding them. And I think they do give tremendous insight to the team from the players themselves and from the coaches. Uh, and then it just it gives us some more to talk about. And I, th I think that Fred, you know, really explains it well there. And I think there's a lot of players on this team that you could say are in that smart category. And that's a tribute to John Lynch, you know, Adam Peters and Kyle Shanahan going out and finding players that have the, you know, the right stuff, as they would say. And that's important. And I love that he's talking about a young guy. He, would, he had some great things to say about Samuel Womack in this interview. And he also said some great things about Quantrez Knight. We have two guys there battling for a nickel corner spot. And we were able to release a veteran like Dark Quest Denard knowing we have those guys. It's absolutely fantastic. So I'm very excited about this. And I think Fred Warner he made me even more excited to watch Quantrez Knight on Saturday. That's one thing I'm going to be focused on. So number 43 is going to be somebody that I'm definitely focused in on the game because I think he could do something. Blur says, what will Debo's rush yards be? Over 500, under 700? I actually think it's going to be under 500. I, I believe he'll probably go similar to last year. Yeah, he got a, over 300 yards last year. I think it gets real close to 400. I think they're going to use Debo in the backfield, but I think Elijah Mitchell's going to have an uptick. And the fact that Elijah Mitchell's going to have an uptick means he's going to rush for over 1,000 yards. And I think when you add in the short, you know, short yardage plays from TDP, some of the things you're going to do with Ray Ray McLeod, and then also uh, the run game coming from Trey Lance, I think that there's going to be opportunities for that, that the running backs themselves. So I think Debo Samuel, uh, between 350, 400 yards would be the sweet spot, I believe. Uh, if he had anything between five and 700, that would be a tremendous season. I think not only would he be an all-pro, but he's got to be in the offensive player of the year category because uh, he's going to have probably 1,000 yards receiving as well. So I just think it's going to be too hard to stop him, Ayuk, Hiddle, all these weapons together. They're just dangerous. David Campbell says, did you see the video of Trent Williams working with Darishaw after practice? Good dude. Yeah, I loved it. You know, I like that factor from NFL players, the pay it forward, to go out there and work with these guys and just help them get better. Trent Williams is, you know, he, he's a good guy, you know, and, and he was working with Darisol, and Darisol needed that work after what Nick Bosa did to him today. But I like Darisol a lot. He was a guy that I was very high on coming out of the draft, but I love that about Trent Williams. And he does that for his own players. I mean, he having Spencer Burford, having Jason Poe come out and work with him at, you know, at his uh, place, that's good stuff, you know, and both of those guys have definitely developed. Both of them, you know, had some good things come out of it. You know, and he did talk a little bit in his presser about the fact that he does give them pointers, uh, but he said, hey, I don't play guard, so I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I just point out things when it comes to hands and feet here and there, but he lets the coaches handle it, so he lets Chris Forster and those guys continue to work with him. So that was fantastic, but yeah, it's a great video. If you haven't seen it, I believe it's the SF Niners that posted it. Um, Brad Graham's been killing it with the content from them. So if you haven't got a chance to see it, go over there. There's also all three of Bosa's pressures in a row. Um, they're really good. You guys can see some good stuff there. So that's some of the good stuff coming out of 49ers joint practices. So I'm, I'm definitely have been excited about it. 49ers faithful forever says teams should really fear Bosa. Guy looked unstoppable. Yeah, Bosa, this is the first year 
that he's been able to prepare fully to play in the NFL. You know, I mean, as a rookie, he's adjusting to the NFL grind, adjusting to what they're asking of you to do. And then as uh, you know, the second year, um, he he got hurt. You know, what I mean, so he he's got he's coming in and he's got to recover from that injury, and that's what it's about. And now this is the first year he's going to be ready to go. I think this is going to be the best Nick Bosa we've ever seen, which that is tremendously scary to think about. Nick Bosa, the best he's ever been. I feel sorry for quarterbacks. I mean, just go hide him now. He's coming for you. And I think they've put a nice group around him. Eric Armstead being next to him most of the time is going to help him a lot because if you're going to go ahead and slide a double team towards Bosa, Armstead's going to win. So eventually you're not going to be able to do that. And I also think Samson Ebicom coming into his own on the other side. But when they put out that unit, that defensive unit of Bosa, Armstead, Ebucom, and Charles Aminahue, good luck. That team's going to be able to get after you. And what's scary about that defense, with Aminahue still being 280 pounds, they can stop the run too. So that could be a nickel set. Uh, it's fantastic. And they've done a really good job of getting Bosa situations. And I think they're going to get him even more. They're going to try to produce some where he's one-on-one, -on -one, but those are going to be few and far between. The question is, can they somewhat uh, negate a little bit of the chips? You know, could they move Bosa inside sometimes? Can they run stunts to negate these, you know, offensive players coming off the edge and chipping him? I think that's something to continue to watch as we get, you know, through the preseason and into it. Uh, Siggy says, saw some videos on Trey today throwing bombs, most deep balls I've ever seen in Niners practice. Yeah, he's he's got an absolute cannon. Since last year, uh, when we went to training camp, I mean, that was one thing I never questioned was his ability to get the ball downfield. He's one of the better uh, deep throwers in the league. I mean, he's really that good at it. He gets the right height on the ball. He lays it in there. Uh, it's it's going to be something fun to watch, and it's a dynamic the Niners haven't had in a little while. I mean, they, they're going to be able to absolutely throw some bombs this year, and I think that's going to you know loosen up these boxes, make it easier for them to run the football. You can no longer put everyone across the board at 10 yards and know that the ball is probably going to get a, uh, go underneath. And if it doesn't, you can drive, uh, you can pressure all these receivers underneath. Now you have to worry about them going downfield. If you have to worry about that, maybe it puts you into the Viking situations where you're playing seven to nine yards off. And in those situations, underneath throws for Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he'll he'll take advantage of it. And as long as Trey is able to you know, stay in rhythm, get the ball out there on time, He's going to get the ball to these guys where they're going to have yak opportunities. And we have the best wide receivers in the league in those yak, those yak opportunities. These guys can definitely make it happen. So uh, this is a good situation for the 49ers. And I like how the offenses have headed. Of course, growth. We have growth in the interior offensive line that still needs to happen. We have growth that needs to happen at the quarterback position. But I think we can all get really excited about the potential of this group. And I think that's fun. Because, you know, we haven't always got to say that. You know, we had questions at wide receiver last year. Those questions are gone. Um, you know, we had questions at running back last year. Those questions are somewhat gone. Um, so I think there's a lot of things being answered, and we got more and more every single day as these guys continue to develop and get better. David Campbell says arm fatigue, LOL. Yeah, um, they kept saying arm fatigue. I don't see it. No, I mean, it's the guy just can absolutely whip it. He can make every throw that you need to make. I feel like he just gets better and better as far as, uh, knowing when to make certain throws. I mean, it's not a throw that you want to make when you're rolling right and you throw back across the middle, but it's been uh, really, really nice. And and thanks to Tree. Just subscribe. Thank you so much, Tree. Really appreciate the subscriptions. We're on the track to get to 3K. With every subscription, it really helps, and, and we're getting more and more, uh, you know, more and more close. 
but we're almost at 3k so so much thanks so much tree for joining the cutback crew really really appreciate it biggie said did you guys see trent punch richard sherman in the mouth while playing for the redskins yeah i remember that and as soon as uh trent williams was traded for that was the first video that horse he was on slightly offsides sent to me was that video and said oh this is about to get interesting it was absolutely fantastic um so yeah that was back then i was not a huge fan of richard sherman the seattle seahawk i don't know why, why anyone would be a fan of him but uh so in that moment i was a trent uh a trent williams fan i think both individuals have grown a lot since that time i think they're both stand-up guys they're highly intelligent and two of the best to ever do it at their position so uh i like i i actually remember that it was pretty funny at the time uh i mean i, I doubt they both wish they that would have happened now but it, it was it was funny back then marvin says did you see the article where the new york football giants have the most expensive wide receivers in the league yeah they do you know and that's crazy to think because they have they don't get any production from that wide receiver room uh i think dabble's got his got his uh work cut out for him it's gonna be tough you know and he's got danny dimes i i feel for the new york giants this year i don't know what that team's gonna look like um it, it's just it's not a good situation for them and it doesn't look like there's any you know answers right now it looks like it's gonna be a little bit of a rebuild hopefully they give him time to be able to go ahead and rebuild yeah and uh, marvin says my first thought was a lot of money to pay to have them drop balls you're not wrong. I mean, that that's spot on right there. It's a lot of money for the type of play that you're going to be getting um, out of that room. Oh, it's, yeah, it's sketchy right there. And, you know, that's that's one of the fears of trying to build your team through free agency is you run the risk of of losing guys. You know, what I mean, you really do. Um, so that's not that's not what you want. That's not what you want. And uh, this is a great one. I love this. Um, John Paul says they need Jimmy G. Yeah, right. They do. Go get Jimmy G. Um, come on. You Giants want to come get him. Do it. No. I think we're hoping that Jimmy G resolution is going to come. The clock is starting to tick on it. I mean, August 30th, they've got to come to some sort of a resolution. Something's going to happen. Uh, Brad Jones says he just watched the Brad Graham's video on Bosa. He said, holy hell, yeah. Uh, Bosa was absolutely domi dominating uh, Derrishaw. And, you know, I mean, Derrishaw's a good player. And for Bosa to look that dominant... That's fantastic. But I mean, that's who I, that's people who are giving Mike McGlinchey so much crud during training camp for losing reps to Bosa. But those reps did not look like Darisaw's losses. I'm telling you, McGlinchey never looked that bad as Darisaw did in those reps against Nick Bosa. So I, I think that's one thing to remember when we're talking about, you know, these guys had like tough days at practice is Colt McKivitz, Mike McGlinchey, they're going against freaking Nick Bosa, Samson Ebicom, and Charles Aminahue, and Kamoko Ture. Like, these dudes are legit. Uh, and anytime you can win a rep against Bosa, you got to feel really good about yourself. That definitely helps you. Uh, so, yeah. Whew. I, I definitely think they need to, to keep working on it. Brad says, get on Nick for Defensive Player of the Year and maybe dabble on MVP. That would be fun. That really would be fun if he could be defensive player of the year. I did see it start to get floated around Twitter after those came out. Why not, right? Why not? Marvin says, I am old and slow. We'll run a 10-yard out for them and catch the ball. Then after I'm laid out, just send me home. Yeah, exactly right. But at least you'll make the catch. Uh, what's up, Gary? Welcome to chat. Glad you're here. Um, always good to see you here. Shooter says, do you think with Watson's 11-game suspension would help the Niners with Jimmy G? I wonder if that's a situation that Jimmy G wants to be in. Um, because Jimmy Garoppolo being with 
you know, the, the Cleveland Browns, what's going to happen in week 12? You know, is Deshaun Watson coming back and starting? You know, maybe you've done a really good job. Maybe, you know, through the those 11 games, you're eight and three. You've got this Cleveland team humming. And then here comes Deshaun Watson. He's going to take over. I don't think that's the situation Jimmy G wants to be in. So I don't think ultimately he's going to want to go there. You know, I mean, yeah, would he get to start 11 games? Yeah, but um, I think that's a tough situation. I think they needed it to be longer. I really do. I think they needed it to be a season. So I, I'm not sure if Jimmy G's going to end up in uh, Cleveland. So uh, I don't know where Jimmy G's going to end up. You know, I really don't. I, it, it seems it seems like he could end up getting released. But I was hoping they were going to end up trading him. And maybe somebody still will come through and, and go for a trade. But the weird number 11. So maybe they'll go with Jacoby Brissett. Now, do I think they would be motivated to make a trade for Jimmy G? Yeah, because having Jimmy G on that roster, uh, even when Deshaun Watson comes back, because it may take Watson a little bit to get comfortable. I mean, that that would be nice. But I just don't know if Jimmy's going to be able to, if Jimmy's going to want to do that. Uh, it doesn't seem like that would be a really good thing for him. David Campbell says, someone at Seahawk game holding a sign saying, we need Jimmy fast. They do. I mean, they really do. They have struggles at the quarterback position. They need Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the Four Yards are not going to give Jimmy Garoppolo to Seattle, so they will make it make them wait. If they have to release Jimmy, it's going to be on August 30th at the last possible second. You know, right before that 1 p.m. deadline, they will wait. But um, Jimmy G, you know, going to Seattle is not a situation I think anyone really wants to see, because I mean he would make them better, and I don't want them to get better at all. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Travis says, cut Jimmy and re-sign him for $10 million backup for one year. They can't sign anywhere else. Thoughts on that? I just don't think Jimmy would be willing to do that. Once again, Jimmy Garoppolo is set to make $24 million, or $27 million from the 49ers this year. Uh, I don't think he would be willing to, to, you know, to take a pay cut to come back. So I think he wants to be a starting quarterback. That's what's important to him. He wants an opportunity to go out there and prove it. The, the problem is, is he doesn't also want to be you know, a guy like that's stuck in a situation like Cleveland where at some point, he might not be. He wants a full year to be able to start. Todd says they will keep Jimmy until last cuts, I bet. I'm with you, Todd. I, I think that's um, where we're seeing it, unless we see an injury, right? If there's an injury throughout training camp, uh, there was almost the one with Zach Wilson. I think that would have provided an opportunity for the 49ers to move on for Jimmy Garoppolo. But, um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm glad that – I'm really glad uh, that Zach Wilson stayed healthy. I, I don't want to see that. I know he got hurt with the meniscus, but – um, I'm glad it wasn't a full year. I think that would have been really terrible. Um, Todd says, you think Jimmy wants to see Bosa twice a year? Oh, no, he doesn't want to see Bosa twice a year, but he does want to start. And he wants to prove that he can still play NFL quarterback at a high level. So that way, when he becomes a free agent next year, he can get it done. And, you know, what a, what a better way to signal to a team that, hey, you made a mistake by losing me than going out and beating them. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be motivated to do that, and he's absolutely a competitor. I've never questioned Jimmy Garoppolo's competitive spirit. He can go out there and, and compete with the best, so I think he would be motivated for that. Brad Jones says, Giants, Jets, or Saints after Jimmy gets released, especially the Saints, if Brady doesn't come back to the Bucks. Yeah, that could happen. You know, I think those teams will definitely be in the market for a quarterback. I don't know if the Jets will. We'll see how Zach Wilson does this year once he recovers from his injury. But well, the New York Giants are definitely going to need a quarterback. I think they're going to want to address it um, in the draft. Uh, the Saints have Jameis Winston. Let's see what happens with Winston. But they're definitely not set at the quarterback position. So uh, the Bucs run a different style of offense. So that would be interesting if Brady decided to move on. Marvin says, when Pete was a co coach at USC, he lost a quarterback for an NFL draft. 
said after that he will never be dependent on a quarterback. Yeah, he he said he would never be dependent on a quarterback, and then he became dependent on a quarterback with Russell Wilson. I think he's going back to his ways of what you're talking about, Marvin. So I think he is trying to go back to that. But right now, Pete has to rely on defense and run game because he doesn't have a quarterback. I think if he had one, it would show a little bit you know, more reliance on him, but nothing yet. So I think Seattle is a quarterback away. I think they have a very talented roster, actually, and a lot of young players that I really like. I actually am not happy that they did so good in the draft because uh, I do think they have a bright future, and the Niners are going to have to go compete with them. They're going to be good. Uh, it was a little bit interesting to see them go through a rebuild this late in Pete Carroll's you know, career, um, but I think it was the right move. They needed to do it. They needed to move on from Russell Wilson. They felt like they were just kind of spinning their wheels a little bit, and uh, you don't want that. Marvin says, Montana, the greatest Niner of all time, did the Niners when he was at KC. Uh, yeah, he did. You know, that, that 1994, that Super Bowl season, Joe Montana defeated, you know, the, the San Francisco 49ers. And we know how important that was for him. Uh, that was crazy. You know, and then Steve Young ended up winning that year, winning a Super Bowl. But both of those guys, you know, that game, uh, I think it's funny to listen to Brent Jones talk about it. If you've ever watched the America's Game, listen to him talk about the fact that Joe didn't even look at Steve. And because of that, Steve, you know, didn't really acknowledge Joe either. It was like game on. It was it was fantastic television to watch. Very excited when that happened. Um, luckily, we don't have that sort of situation. John says, and what's up, Sac Francisco? How's it going? Jimmy G on our team for another year would be the ultimate insurance package. I don't see why everyone wants him gone. He might want to stick around. Everyone thought he would be in trouble last year. I think Jimmy G being on the team uh, is, is not a bad thing, John. I really don't. I think he would be the, the best backup quarterback in the entire NFL. I don't think that's the question. But when you hear Kyle Shanahan say things like he doesn't have a playbook, he doesn't come to meetings, uh, that doesn't make me think he's going to be on this roster. So I think between, he said him and Jimmy Garoppolo have come to an understanding. My guess is Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. He wants to start. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to pay a backup quarterback $27 million. I think that's where you're having the problem. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo came to the 49ers and said, hey, I was willing to take a pay cut to stick around, I think Kyle Shanahan would entertain that because ultimately Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch want to put together the best roster possible. Just you can't make that happen. You know what I mean? If Jimmy doesn't want it, you can't make it happen. And I think when it comes down to it, Jimmy's not looking at this year. He's looking at one more big contract. And if he has a good year this year playing for another team, he can prove he's still a starting quarterback and then he can get another big contract. So I think that's where he's at with the thought process. I have no problems. Um, I have no problems with, you know, with Jimmy wanting to make his money and wanting the opportunity. And I also don't have a problem with the way the four yards are handling it, but I do like that they've worked together to come to an agreement. So uh shooter says Joe was talking to Steve Bono and didn't even look at young. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, it was one of those moments that was really good. Brad Jones says shows where the four letter network is. They have Monday night football logo on their game tracker when it's Thursday night, LOL. Wow. Yeah. I hate when they do, uh shows like that are on thursday night but they call it like monday night football on thursday night it's like come on come on you know just just be more creative than that so they don't want to rebrand anything or oh, it's it's frustrating um uh, so yeah those are those are all great things um one thing uh, i wanted to make sure a little bit of a programming note i went over it a little bit earlier but if you're on patreon the new episode of slightly offsides is there uh, later on uh, tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to post up Big Yikes, so it'll be available for you tomorrow. Epi uh, season 2, Episode 1 of Big Yikes, and I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Horse is on for 
uh, to be a, a, the ho- a guest host for that one. So that one's exciting. The fun one. I uh, really enjoyed it. And we found some real funny takes out there. And then um, also the game preview show will come out tomorrow talking about what to expect, what to look for in the 49ers game versus the Vikings. So those are going to be cool. And then on Saturday after the game, live reaction show. Make sure you guys hop on and join me. That's going to be a good one. Also, brand new show coming out tomorrow, uh, 49ers Cover 2. Uh, Warren, if, you've, if you're a Patreon member and you've been on the – uh, the channel for a while. You've seen Warren from the after show. You also seen Warren on the draft uh, episode as well. When we live stream that uh, he's going to be doing a show with me. It's going to be fun. It's exciting. Looking forward to that. So all that stuff is happening. It's just in the next couple days. So you guys checked all that content out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm excited. David Campbell says horse on big yikes. Now that sounds fun. Yeah. Horse had a little bit of fun with it. And I think horse, if he's on more episodes and uh, I think he's going to get more and more comfortable with it, David. It could get interesting for sure because, yeah, Horse has some interesting takes. Sometimes I shake my head. I don't know why he thinks the things he does, but I enjoy the things he thinks because he just just says what he feels. It's crazy. Uh, Brad Jones says, speaking on the four-letter network, who is going to buy Stephen A. Smith's memoir? Not me. I don't even watch ESPN anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, and Marketing Pro has has made it to chat. How's it going? I hope you're having a... Hope you're having a good day. Um, welcome to chat. Uh, David V says, can't wait till the game. Love to see the beautiful red and gold flying all over the field. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of these guys. And, and you know, now because of injuries, some of these guys are kind of getting put out there. Um, Quantrez Knight, of course, yeah, but also seeing if Sam Womack can go ahead and duplicate his performance. Then you have Taylor Hawkins, the safety. He's going to get more opportunities for snaps. Because Jimmy Ward's hurt, uh, Dante Johnson's hurt, so that'll be interesting. I think that's fun. Um, so I, I think there is some cool storylines, though. Those are the defensive ones. Over on offense, I mean, the Trey Sermon thing's going to have to play out, but if he's hurt, you know, what happens at the running back position? Because there's still a battle there. How those reps really get worked out is going to be fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with uh, what's going to happen in that game. I'm actually excited to watch the backups. I think actually the injuries and resting all the – the you know the starters is going to give us an opportunity to see a lot of these depth players and what is up rich uh it's been a while richard algo how you doing i hope you're having a good one um i i think that you know there's going to be a lot of storylines to watch and of course i mean i know kndr would love this but uh nate sudfeld is probably going to get the starter let's see how nate sudfeld does operating this offense and let's see if uh brock purdy can go in there and and make a make a game out of this do you think he can go in there and actually you know potentially push sudfeld for a starting spot not sure uh, maybe he could, but uh, it's gonna. Those are those are some of the storylines to watch. I think uh, it's just a matter of time before these things start getting figured out, and we're pushing towards that 53 man roster decision that has to come down on August 30th. Or we're gonna have a quick turnaround because we're gonna have the game on Saturday, and then the 49ers play the Houston Texans in Houston on that next Thursday. Um, also, if you are a channel member, or, I'm sorry, not if you are a, a Patreon member. Um, we are going to do a Zoom call, Patreon Zoom call on Wednesday, the day before the game. So Wednesday, the 24th, uh, we're going to get that out to everybody and you can hop on there. And we're just going to have a nice Zoom hangout. Um, some of the people from John Chapman's uh, Patreon are going to join us as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're just going to talk about you know, where we're sitting as far as who needs to prove themselves in that game and just have a really good time. So that'll be at 5 p.m. the, the Wednesday before 
uh, that last game against the Houston Texans. So if you're over on Patreon, you're going to be invited to join us for that, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Todd says, do you think the 49ers add to any position group after the preseason cuts? The 49ers should have a good amount of cap space after Jimmy is traded, released. O-line seems thin. I definitely think they could. You know, I mean, you want to evaluate every single position. They'll have a really good idea of how their team looks. It seems that every year the 49ers end up claiming someone, whether that is just signing someone to their practice squad or bringing somebody else in. I think they would be willing to make a move depending on who gets released and cut because they want to improve their team. With O-line, I don't know if they're going to bring in a veteran. They might have to. It depends on how Mike McGlinchey's doing. If McGlinchey's going to be hurt and miss a significant amount of time, they might make a move for a right tackle. We do know Brian Balog is available, and there's a couple other guys that are on the free agent market they can reach out to. But I think they want to give all these young guys the reps. You give all the young guys the reps, see what they can do, and then you can make the decision on a veteran. So I think that is definitely possible, Todd, for them to go ahead and bring someone in after they make the final cuts on August 30th. Plus, once you get past that first game, uh, then contracts aren't guaranteed. So bringing in a veteran at that point makes a lot of sense because then you're not guaranteed to have to pay them in case they suffer an injury or something like that. Brad says, do you think Womack and Huff start against the Vikings? Absolutely. I think both those guys are going to get a significant amount of playing time. Question is, who's going to play next to Huff? Is it going to be Tarverius Moore again, or is it going to be um, George Odom? And I'm going to be curious to watch that safety position. That's definitely a focus of mine. Uh, I'm going to be focused the most on 33, um, who is Tarverius Moore, and a little bit on 41, Taylor Hawkins. But uh, that is my focus coming from the safety room. Uh, but I'm I'm curious to see how Womack handles it. And they definitely want their young guys getting reps. They need those guys to get those reps. And so it's going to be important for Womack as he continues his development. They just need constant reps, him covering guys and getting after. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, John says, I had so much fun watching T. Huff on his mic'd up video. Uh, T. Huff equals tough. I need to watch that. KNDR brought it up yesterday. I haven't had the opportunity to watch that, but I'm going to. I also need to watch the new uh, Brick by Brick. I wanted to watch it last night and fell asleep. I wasn't able to get that done. So uh, at some point, I'm going to watch that, and I need to watch the Huff mic'd up. I really enjoy the mic'd up sessions. Those are always fun. I like when they're like, telling the other players, like, hey, I'm mic'd up today, uh, giving them a heads up, like, hey, don't do anything crazy because uh, it's going to be there for everyone to see. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to all the stuff that's happening this week. Thank you guys so much for this wonderful chat and wonderful Q&A. You guys did it again. Fantastic. I had a great time. Uh, looking forward to the next time we get together, which will be, of course, for the next live Saturday after the game. Make sure you're here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, I, I just want to interact with you guys the entire time during the live. It, it'll be a good time. So thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, have a good night. Enjoy a little football if you can watch any preseason football. And stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.